Hello friends and welcome back to the Wrestling Podcast. That's wrestling spelled W-R-S-T-L-I-N-G. It's all of the graps but not the E. Of course, me and G, we're not anti-E, we're simply pro-wrestling. My name is Liam, this guy is Gareth, or at least it would be. He's not here, but he's editing. You can feel his spirit around and the smoothness of this episode, so thank you, Gareth. And we're very excited this week as we're presenting not one, but two interviews from Pro Wrestling Noah, ahead of their huge M1 tournament, which kicks off tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the 10th of August. We've got Anthony Green and Jack Morris, two newcomers to the M1 tournament. You may have already seen Anthony in Pro Wrestling Noah. He's been doing bits here this year, and this is his first tournament. Whereas Jack, the first time he steps into a Noah ring, will be as part of the M1, which is crazy. So we're really excited to speak to both men to see how they're feeling ahead of what promises to be an absolutely blistering tournament. Big ups to Pro Wrestling Noah and to Mark Pickering, as always, for assisting with the hookup here. And we'll jump straight in with Anthony Green. Okay, folks, and we are back as advertised with the one and only Anthony Green, sir. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Really good, thank you. Thank you. How are you doing? I am living it up here in Japan. I love it. <laughs> how, how long have you been out there for now? I have been here exactly, as of today, one month and one day. Oh, wow. So you're fully acclimatized now. And uh... Yes, I'm, I no longer have jet lag. I <laughs> pretty normal schedule at this point so i would say everything's coming up millhouse was this your first trip to japan yeah my first ever oh man so have you managed to do a fair bit of the tourist stuff and sightseeing um not as much as you'd think especially Mm. because like covid's still very real here sure Um, but i will say probably the coolest thing i've been able to see is my first show on july 10th was in mount fuji and from the arena you could physically see mount fuji (laughs) probably one of my favorite and then um i also got to go to the legendary ribera steakhouse oh okay i received the jacket (laughs) anyone wants to debate that i've made it i think that jacket (laughs) proved did it live up to expectations Yes, absolutely delicious and <laughs> filling. And the, the corn soup, highly recommend. Perfect. Okay, this is good stuff. So I feel like ever since you, you moved on from WWE, you're a name that I see everywhere. You're a busy man. Have you been surprised at just how busy the schedule has been, given that you know it was still pretty high on the COVID period when you did move on from WWE and... You know, presumably there weren't the full force of US indie companies open at that time. So yes and no, because right around the time it happened is when everything slowly became more normal. Mm. Like some shows that I did, you still needed to wear masks. Others were like the wild, wild west and didn't matter. Uh, There were still shows that required uh, testing beforehand. Mm. So when it comes to that like I said, yes and no, I was a bit surprised that it happened so fast, but I was also, even on the indies prior, was always a hustler. And I I just always pushed, okay, I have one this weekend. How can I make that three this weekend? Mm -hmm. All right. I have four shows this month. How can I turn that into eight events this month? So I was always trying to, you know, double, triple stack, you know, my weekends to make it financially worth it for me. Yeah, no, fair enough. No, it, it shows because the body of work is massive. I mean, do you have anything that you'd consider to be a home promotion now in the US or one? Uh, you yeah, know? Uh, Limitless Wrestling. Ah, um, okay. Out of Maine, I would say. 
it's not where I trained or anything, but I've been wrestling for them since their debut show in September of 2015. Mm. I think short of WWE stuff, I've only missed a handful of events. Um, being here, I'm I'm missing like two or three because mm. of it. But they were like the first ones to give me like the chance to wrestle a a Warbeard Hanson or put me in the ring with AR Fox and Ray Phoenix. Let me wrestle Ethan Page, Paul London. I could name drop, you know, mm-hmm. 10 more people. Uh, and they were the first ones to give me like a real shot in a serious, super, super indie style main event scene. And uh, I, I'm actually a two-time Limitless Wrestling World Champion. Oh, man. I mean, wrestling Paul London must have been a trip. He feels a bit like the, the white whale for a lot of fans of a certain era because, you know, he, he was such a big deal on the indies. And, you know, then he, he, did, he did bits in WWE and then sort of has only been seen, you know, here and there. He's like a unicorn almost. Yeah, now it's very rare to see Paul London. Um, I caught him in, in 2017 is when I got to wrestle him. Wow. And I'm sure if he wrestled tomorrow, he'd be just as good as he was in 2004. So. Sure, yeah. Oh, man, I've got great memories of that guy. That must have been a very strange time for you when you were in WWE because that was still quite lockdown heavy. Mm-hmm. What was your experience like? I mean, was there still a good platform to learn or were you quite restricted in terms of what you could do? Let's say I got the full performance center experience Mm. because covid was still so such a big thing Mm. um and towards the end of my tenure there is when everything started to open up but i was still training there you know it it was a regular training schedule like a a two-hour in-ring and a one-hour gym um i just didn't have the the same i guess how do i put it the same abilities that the prior classes did where you'd have a, a key fob that you could just scan in at any time. Like it was always locked. Right. You're only allowed in during certain times, mm-hmm. uh, but the training itself. And I was lucky enough where I was used very quickly on, on TV uh, specifically for two Oh five live. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was getting my, my reps in every week either way. Um, so I, I thought that was helpful. And the, uh, the feedback you'd get immediately. I mean, it's, it's the Harvard of professional wrestling, Hmm. Shawn Michaels, Steve Carino, Terry Taylor, Norman Smiley, Robbie Brookside, Sanjay Dutt was there at the time. I, uh, Matt Bloom, Scotty Tuhati, Ace Steel, uh, Fit Finley, uh, Sarah Del Rey. It's just, if, if you, if you go there and you don't learn anything then you did your job wrong (laughs) (laughs) do you feel like having gone back up to the the u.s indies and now in japan do you find yourself doing things anything differently as a result of that experience in wwe um man bad habits do die hard (laughs) um (laughs) but no um i think that's the biggest thing my mentality in the ring changed mm. a lot and, and a lot of like the the in-ring i guess psychology if you will has changed and then more specifically prior to wwe it was more of a hobby you know I, i'd make a little bit of money but then going from there to wwe to now and now it's my full-time job mm. i treat it a lot differently as a whole i get you yeah no that's that's very cool so 
obviously we're on the verge of the end one how did your initial conversation with pro wrestling noah come about oh man this this goes back a year oh wow year yes um so i got released by the wwe and that night i was hanging out with a, a friend of mine named ikamanjiro oh. and he is a He's just very popular in Japan. I mm. mean, everyone knows him. Um, he asked me, what are my goals? What's my plan? I told him, I want to get to Japan. And he goes, for who? And I said, pro wrestling Noah. He said, really? All right. <laughs> and uh, he kind of opened the doors to talking to the pro wrestling Noah office. Oh, wow. And then between COVID and between allowing new visas into the, the country, it was a one-year process, and yeah, it was June 25th was the day that the conversation started in 2021, and I landed here on July 9th, 2022. Oh, so. geez, wow. <laughs> so talk about a build-up. Oh, that's, that's, so why pro wrestling know then? Had you been a, a fan beforehand? So when it comes to Japanese wrestling, my first introduction, I think it's a lot of people's first introduction, is FMW. Sure. Uh, you know, you go to the, if you go to your local FYE or whatever it is, there's that $5 or $10 FMW DVD available. <laughs> um, and then once I got smarter to pro wrestling DVDs and like the smart mark videos and the high spots of the world, um, I learned about all Japan and then I saw pro wrestling Noah. Um, but before I even knew Noah was pro wrestling Noah, I remember going to an FYE and paying $10 for a DVD called Pro Wrestling Iron. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a California-based wrestling company owned by Donovan Morgan and Michael Modest, mm. two guys that have wrestled for Pro Wrestling Noah years and years and years ago. Um, and on the, the two people, I remember specifically on the front of the DVD, uh, four people actually, uh, Sarah Del Rey and Sumi Sakai. And then it was Bison Smith and Mitsuharu Misawa. Oh, wow. Okay. Kept referring to Mitsuharu Misawa as the Bret Hart of Japan. <laughs> I just thought that was the coolest thing. Mm. So then moving forward, I go to high spots and I see Mitsuharu Misawa on the cover of this DVD, Pro Wrestling No. I go, that's the Bret Hart of Japan. <laughs> I picked it up and uh, I guess the rest was history for my fandom. Oh, wow. I mean, so, you know, you're in the A block. Um, good gosh. You know what? Because from what I can tell, you've had the opening singles match and then a lot of tags since. So this is the first kind of run of big singles matches for you. And you've got Keno in there. You've got Go Shizaki, Fujita. I mean, is it even a fair question to say which are you most looking forward to or which you're most excited about? So um, it's not a fair question. <laughs> I think... I got to wrestle Nakajima. I got to wrestle Kojima in, in, in tag matches. And I don't want to, I guess, knock anybody or or not say anyone's name. But if you look at my block, it's all dream matches I wanted to have. Short of Marafuji, I don't think there's another person that I'd be like, oh, man, I can't believe I'm wrestling so-and-so. Yeah. They're all in my block. Um I was thinking about it earlier and everyone in my 
block specifically has held a GHC championship, except for me. (laughs) I mean, given that you've only been in there for a short time, were you surprised at all that you got the nod for the N1? I mean, it must feel like a bit of a dream. So the night before, I'm wrestling at Nippon Budokan in front of however many thousand people were in attendance for uh, the beginning of uh, Great Muda's like final run. And I get the pinfall victory for the international invasion, whoop, whoop. Uh, <laughs> and I was never told that I was entering the N1. I don't know if anyone was told they were entering the N1. But the next day, I, I'm out and about and I get a notification. That I, all I see is the picture of me. And then the next thing I see is a picture of me and Masato Tanaka. And I keep getting tagged, Go Shiyazaki, Fuji, Fujita, <laughs> and how uh uh del dr wagner jr you know what is going on so oh, it was geez. it was a surprise for me especially uh i don't know if it's too insider baseball but this trip was only meant to be two weeks for me oh wow okay and then after my singles debut they asked me to extend for two months so yeah man quite the vote of confidence then that is that, more, more power to you um, all right, before I let you go, um, I just got a couple of silly questions to run through just to just to give people an additional flavor to the man that is Anthony Green. Sure. So the most important question, the one that we, you know, is, is hotly understood by our listeners is what is your preferred pizza topping? Uh, I'm a, I'm a, so I like Hawaiian pizza. Oh my gosh. Okay. But I like ham, bacon and pineapple. Wow. This is big. This is big. Okay. Have you sampled the karaoke bars out there in Japan yet? I have, but before, you know, things really started to spike, I did get to go to one karaoke bar. Um, A lot different. I'm a showman. That's why I'm (laughs) in the professional wrestling industry. It's the reason why I have a mustache. Um, Cool pants. So it was very different being in a secluded room and singing, sitting down, as opposed to having an audience that probably doesn't want to hear what I have to sing anyway, um, watching me do it on a stage. But yes. What's your go-to song, if anything? Uh, my go-to? I have two. Come on. What are, what are hey. we doing? So my, <laughs> my warm-up, I have a warm-up. It's This Is How We Do It by Montel Jordan. Oh, hey. And then my my banger is uh, Ice Ice Baby. Oh my gosh, you thought this through. This that nineties hip hop. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You're you're singing my song. Um. Okay. Very cool. Seven Eleven snacks. What's your go tos in the US and I suppose in Japan as well, if you had the chance. Ooh. So in America, in the states, geez. Um, I'm more of like a energy drink person. Okay. But in a in the states, you can get like they they have the monster, of course. But I prefer like a rain or a bang energy drink. I like the really out there flavors, mm-hmm. like uh, the orange uh, creamsicle and and all those. Um, so I would just say an energy drink in the states. Here, way less options for energy drinks. Uh, especially I prefer like a sugar-free or low calorie. The best I'm going to get is like a Red Bull or, or a Monster. Right. Um, but here I would say snack wise, they have these like 
tri rice triangles mm. that have like seaweed wrapping and inside some have salmon some will have like a tuna or like a beef or a bunch of different things depending on which one you want ah. i think go to like all right we're we have a five-hour drive or two-hour drive whatever the case may be what can i grab right now that'll hold me over until we stop for food very good no that sounds delicious actually um what's your what do you get up to outside of the ring do you have any particular hobbies or interests that people might not know about oh i love eating no food's a big one like um i live in orlando florida now and as someone from the northeast area boston uh i'm a i'm a pizza snob so i'm I'm glad you asked the the question (laughs) finding a good slice in orlando is tough oh really so so when i'm not worried too much about you know looking half decent i'll uh I'll enjoy a, a pizza from a new place or I have a, I have a few favorite places. Um, I enjoy bowling a lot. Oh, wow. Okay. I love bowling. Uh, you can call me like a modern day Bundy, if you will. <laughs> um, and lastly, I love amusement parks. Uh, specifically, I have annual pass to like Universal Studios. Oh, nice. Older to Disney. So Very cool. Have you got a favorite ride? Oh, man. Favorite ride. I would say at Universal, it's gotta be the Velocicoaster Coaster or oh, Hagrid's. Okay. Hagrid's is a lot of fun. Uh, it's the Harry Potter ride. If you weren't aware, I wasn't. And then uh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, and then they have a new. I'm gonna butcher the name, but they have a new ride at Epcot in Florida. It's like the the something rewind it's the new uh guardians of the galaxy ride oh okay you have to enter a queue to even get in line for it you have to you have to wake up at like 7 a.m and try to get in the queue, <laughs> and then your number will pop up and it's like a boarding oh, geez. on the ride and the first time we tried it we were able to get on and it's uh, i don't want to spoil it too much but it's a roller coaster but the damn thing spins and <laughs> If you don't like spinning, if you get dizzy easily, I don't suggest going on. But I guess also, I've only been on it one time. Each soundtrack is different. So for us, we got like conga. You know the song? (laughs) Yeah. We got conga, but I guess the next track, they're going to play a completely different song for them. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that sounds amazing. All right. Final question. Thanks so much for your time uh, once again. What are your plans for the remainder of 2022? Any particular goals or things that you want to achieve? Uh, yes. I want to win the N1 victory. And I want them to be so pleased with my my performance and my hard work that I don't know if it's feasible by the end of the year or what the case may be, but I want to be invited back to Japan for pro wrestling, Noah. I think that is my my main focus. Oh, very cool. Well, I think that's well within your grasp, sir. So, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what you do in the M1. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for your time. Really nice to get to know you. No, no problem, man. Just uh, You got my PayPal. Just send it to me. <laughs> there we go, folks. That is Anthony Green, and we'll be back after this. There you go, folks. Hope you enjoyed that one. And now we're going to jump right on over to our second interview of the episode. This is with Jack Morris. Hey, Jack. 
All right. Hey, how you doing, sir? Nice to meet you. I'm good. I'm good. It's exciting times. So, when did you arrive in Japan? Uh, two days ago. Oh wow. Okay. So, are you sort of acclimatized now? Or are you still feeling it a bit? Uh, I'm. I'm okay. I slept for. <laughs> I tried to stay up, and then I slept for like 15 hours. Um, <laughs> after I got here on the Monday, but that meant that I woke up at like four in the afternoon. So I kind of shot myself in the foot. I did set an alarm for like 10 o'clock wanting to get up, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So, uh, but I'm feeling I'm feeling okay. Like yesterday was a better sleep and then like hopefully t- tonight will be it'll be okay. But it's it's a tricky thing to navigate, isn't it? I mean, is this your first time in Japan? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Nice. So what, yeah, what's on the to-do list? Have you got sort of uh, some sightseeing if you can if you can fit it in or everything, everything. I'm here for I'm here till the end of October, 31st of oh, October. Oh, wow. Great. So I'm a three-month visa. So, yeah, hopefully everything. I know August is pretty busy wrestling-wise, but, um, yeah, we've got, like, a week at the end of August, I think, in between, like, 20th and yeah. 28th or something. So, hopefully, just kind of everything. I want to cram it in. Before I was coming here, like, I was looking at, like, top 100 things to do in Japan <laughs> things to do in Tokyo. So, like, as I'm here, like, I've got to go and do all this stuff. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I mean talk about making someone feel like a big deal because you know you not wrestled a single match in pro wrestling Noah, and then you get announced for the N1 I mean that's I don't know if that's happened before it's massive I mean, it's, uh, it's wild how, it's how, wild. Did, it, how wild. did it come about what, how, how, what, what was the process like I can I can only assume I've not been told but I can only assume that it's they put a tweet out three four months ago um, maybe even longer and it had like an app like an email on it so I just sent my stuff, sent my stuff. And then like five weeks ago, maybe six now, uh, I got a message uh, saying, would you like to come over? And it was kind of like a no-brainer. The tournament wasn't even mentioned. It was like, do you want to come over for three months? Um, consider it. And I was like, well, how long do I have to wait for it to look like I've made a sensible decision? How <laughs> do to fly straight away? Like, I was like, okay, right, I'll, I'll wait half an hour and be like, okay. And then I think once I said, yeah, like, we're like, okay, we'll put you, like, we'll put you in tournament. And I was like, is it going to be N1? Like, it wasn't even like, bringing in N1, like, like, it was just like, we'll put you in tournament. I was like, okay. I was like, is it going to be? And then, like, everything happened so fast. Like I said, maybe, like, six weeks ago, max, like, and then the visa started rolling. I was just expecting, because it's so, like, mad. Like, I'm one of these people, like, until it happens, I'm not going to believe it's going to I'm expecting something to, wrong to go on. But I got the visa through from Japan and then I got it through the embassy and I went and picked it up and then my flights went all okay. And I was like, and here I am. It's meant to be. Oh, man. So were you a bit a big pro wrestling Noah fan before all this happened? I and mean, what's your sort of history with, with the promotion? So before I even got into wrestling, four or five years ago now, I watched bits and bobs just what i could pick up on youtube mm-hmm. uh, and then over the last year the wrestle universe like app like just logging on seeing what's happening what the latest things are like big events um and then yeah so when i saw like i followed them on social media since i've kind of i started wrestling and then when i saw that tweet i was like it's may as well but i assume like thousands of people applied like i know oh, it does yeah. Like a dozen folk have applied just from like a small area in Scotland. So like that's like the Glasgow area. So like 
It's a big place. So, what's it been like for you? Because I've seen you, you've done a few interviews now. There's clearly you know a lot of people that want to know more about about Jack yeah. Morris. So, I mean, what's that been like for you to, you know, I imagine it's all kind of come at the same time. So it must have felt quite concentrated. Yeah, like, um, yeah, like as soon as I was announced, like it was all kind of. I mean, I'm not. I understand, like I've said it before in like interviews I've done for Noah and whatnot and said it today, like I understand that I'm a lesser known name. Um but like yeah, I'm a, I'm on the network, like I've wrestled about for four or five years, like there's yeah. a reason yeah, like um like I've wrestled over Scotland, over UK, I've been occasionally in, in Europe before before COVID. Um so like it's not like I'm a I'm a nobody. Like, no, no. I'm gonna prove that. I'm gonna prove it. It's a great stage. Like it's an amazing stage. Like I'm very fortunate to be given this opportunity, and it's now time to to show why I'm why I'm here. Which I mean, I believe. folks that have followed you on on the sort of Scottish scene probably be most familiar with your work with um, ICW, and you know within the Nine Nine as well. And you know, I think you could almost go well. Yeah, you know, if if Jack's coming over, it's probably going to be for the for the tag league or what have you. So is it? Is there? Do you think after this you'll probably tilt more towards doing single stuff? Or? Uh, well, ICW has been has been very tag tag oriented with mm. with the nine stuff. Um, COVID, like the pandemic stuff, when we we're doing the the closed door tapings, um, I got to do a wee bit of single stuff in there because of the way the they were filming it and stuff, and you're going in as blocks, and it was blocks of four, so like mm. a lot of single stuff, but. Like in Discovery Wrestling in Edinburgh, I'm um, singles, sorry, I'm singles now. And like I wrestle for Mega Slam a lot. Um, it's all kind of single stuff there. So I like I like having the mix of tag and singles. Yeah. Um, I think definitely like coming out of this, like people are going to see me more as more as a singles wrestler, which um, I, I like both. But um, yeah, I've got aspirations and, and dreams to, to chase and I just got to do do what's best for me, really. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, you, you mentioned that um, those closed door tapings. I mean, what was that like for for you as a wrestler? It must have been a very unique experience, to, to put it mildly. Yeah, it was very, very strange. Like credit to credit to ICW, like all the checks we put in place, like everyone was tested. We went in blocks of four, limited people on set filming. Everyone was COVID tested before, sanitized before each block. Um and yeah, getting you wrestling three or four or two or three times in a in a block mm. um in front of no people, which was uh, that was the strangest thing coming out of a curtain and like it just lacked the the adrenaline, like the fans and people there, that's what we feed off of. And like mm. wrestling that perception that wrestling doesn't hurt. Wrestling hurts, but it hurts a lot less when there's fans there because that's like you're performing for him. um and you can feed off him like i said but yeah without it was just awkward like it's those silences and like yeah a bit strange but then the more we done it like we got used to it and then when fans came back it was like oh this is strange <laughs> you have to relearn again i guess yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, i've heard a few people say that now that it you know actually arguably hurts more because you don't have that sense of adrenaline and I don't know if you saw in Noah, I think it was last year, there was that cage match with Masa Kitamiya and Nakajima. And the way that man came flying off that cage, and I thought, gosh, with no fans at all, 
that must have, there's nowhere to go, is there? That's that remember me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like people were doing like those kind of matches, like ladder matches and stuff too. And like, yeah, not fun. One of the tapings, I got slammed on like the concrete, like a body slam. And I was just like, what's there any need? <laughs> I don't have a ring. What's there any need? But uh, yeah. Yeah, how is, behind us. How has the sort of Scottish scene um, evolved from COVID? Because you know, in, in England, it feels like things are, you know, the, the the shows pretty regularly now, but it's not as big as it was, which which is understandable. I mean, I'm admittedly I'm less. I haven't been to a show in Scotland before, so is it? it do you feel like it's starting to get back to where it was, or is it still where to go? No, I think definitely. Like there's shows on most weeks. Like there's crowd size is I think I think it's just there's crowd size is maybe not the same as they were but I, I put that down to the price of living at the moment to be honest mm. like, like the family shows and like weekenders and stuff like that people are like price of petrol and diesel and like living like it's you gotta prioritize other things sometimes and there's so many shows in Scotland I think and a lot of wrestlers work every, like most companies. So if you miss, say if you miss Jack Morris on the first weekend of a month, chances are by payday, you're going to see Jack Morris on the last show of the month. Mm. Um, so like people are away. So it's like, it's one of them. But I think it has built back up after COVID. It's just, I think the price of living, like people are kind of prioritizing maybe different things. But yeah. No, I'm with you. Um, so with that in mind, then, I mean, the, the Scottish scene's got, well, it's had so many really, really good wrestlers come out of it. You know, a lot of them in NXT, NXT UK now and things like that. I mean, who are the other, for people that aren't familiar with the scene, who else would you say they should go and look at and, you know, seek out? So in Scotland, I reckon, apart from myself, um, <laughs> your Doris. Uh, he wrestles regularly for ICW. Kez Evans, who is ICW champion. Um, I'd say Leighton Buzzard, but I think Leighton gets about, like, people, if they know, like, Scottish wrestling, they'll know Leighton, but Theo, Kez, maybe lesser known. Um, I'm trying to think. There's a boy in Discovery Wrestling called Caleb Valhalla. He primor- prioritises, like, primarily, is that the right word? For discovery, it's kind of there, but he floats about too. Great gimmick, like great shape, great build. He's one of the lesser known guys. Whereas there's a lot. I don't want to start. I'm starting to list, but like I'll miss somebody out. There is a lot of good talent, um, and they're they're pretty much spread evenly across all the shows, like Discovery and ICW. So even if you turn on the network or you go on YouTube and you look at ICW or Discovery, like you're going to find a lot of young guys who post-COVID and that non-NXT UK crowd that are mm. up in their game and stepping out because the NXT UK guys are, are away. So it's time for us to step up. And yeah. new people, new people, they're shining. I mean, yeah, in terms of stepping up, obviously M1 is a, a massive platform for that, for yourself. Um, yeah. do, do you feel a sense of pressure at all? I mean, what's what's your sort of overriding feeling as we, you know, we're on the eve of the tournament kicking off? Yeah. So, very, so first of all, I am very fortunate. Like, it is an incredible opportunity. 
it's surreal that I'm here, like doing the press conference there, like an hour ago, like it is mad. But I've worked really hard to be here. Like I am here for a reason. There's a reason they brought me over. I've worked very hard for an opportunity like this. Um, in terms of pressure, I just need to go out and and, and do what I do. Um, and that is be a good wrestler, which I am. <laughs> so I think. No sort of pressure, just excitement. Excitement more than pressure. Like, I'm going to enjoy it. I've worked hard to get this opportunity. I'm going to make the most of it. And, uh, yeah, we'll see see what happens. Do do you think you'll have to change anything up in terms of either your training or or how you prepare? Because the matches are all big singles matches that come, you know, thick and fast with a bit of travelling as well. Like, is that going to have to, you're going to have to adjust anything to cope with that? There's a fair bit of travelling. I heard that. couple of these shows are quite far away so yeah just um just diet as well diet nutrition get more food in make sure i'm sleeping right nap when i can um i think i feel like i'm quite a versatile performer so like the different styles that the guys have got like i feel like i'll adapt quite well um maybe just the atmosphere like the fans here are a lot different than the ones Mm -hmm. back home like so yeah it's just the whole experience is going to be mad it's going to be a great learning experience and i'm only ever going to become a better wrestler from it so very cool right so before we wrap up we've got a couple of silly questions for you if i may let people know the real you so what would be your preferred pizza topping <sighs> uh chicken is a must okay chicken nice is a must and then vegetables can i say pineapple i'd have pineapple on pizza you're the second man in a row yeah absolutely <laughs> i'm a i i believe pineapple belongs on pizza i'll just say that i'll, I'll put that out there what about yourself <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm not against it i'm not against it one thing i did want to ask you about though because i've been to scotland a few times and oh. i enjoy the the amount of batter that's going on that very much chimes with my palate have you ever tried a deep fried pizza i have had i've had a bite i've had a bite any good like, too much no nah, they're pretty good to be fair yeah. they're pretty good i've never had a deep fried mars bar that's a thing in nah. scotland yes my yeah, pizza i've had but i just couldn't i'd feel really really guilty about eating the whole thing so i've only had a bite <laughs> <laughs> so karaoke is a big thing out in japan are you a yeah. karaoke man or, or do you expect to be a karaoke man uh, depends how many vodka cokes I've had. Depends <laughs> how many Jack Daniels I've had, but like I'm not I'm not against karaoke, but I probably have to be under the influence of some alcoholic beverages. What would be your go-to song? Uh, <laughs> already. Uh, Uptown Girl. Perfect. There's a the Westlife, the Westlife version. Yeah, the best version. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so one of the questions we normally ask people is what's your go-to 7-eleven snacks i don't know if you will have had the opportunity to hit a 7-eleven in japan so in which case what's your go-to snack over in the uk from like a a spa or similar oh or greg's for that matter (laughs) greg's uh it's probably like a steak bake and a coffee if it's a greg it's just like a service station on the road then there's got to be some sort of like protein bar and like those squishy squashy things the pink and blue sweets oh i know what you're saying okay yeah squash, yeah yeah they're winners so 
And for folks that haven't you know, heard you before, I mean, what do you have any interests or hobbies outside of wrestling? Outside of wrestling, football. Into oh, nice. Who do you support? Dunfermline Athletic. You probably oh, have. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am from. You have to support your local team. Sure. So it's it's unfortunate that I wasn't born in like Manchester or Barcelona, <laughs> and I have to support like Dunfermline. So we're not very good, but I support them. Do you, do you get to many games? Uh, if I don't have a show on a Saturday, I try to, but chances are I've got a show. But yeah, I'll try and make it when I can. Nice, nice. What, apart what, from apart from football, like just for gym music and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, what kind of music are you into? Uh, country, rock, pop. Oh. I kind of like everything, really. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, like my, you know, Spotify. I'll tell you at the end of the year, like I'm like rock, country. Uh, and like alternative rock is usually my top three so like oh very good yeah absolutely country um, chilling in the gym yeah nothing wrong with a bit of country man um <laughs> so back to the m1 then so b block um yes. i i think b block looks awesome because you've got a really nice mix of sort of you know older heads and sort yeah. of the quote unquote new generation as well i mean is there anybody in there that stands out to you as someone you're particularly looking forward to getting in there i've said it from the very start like uh being having kaito kemia in the in the block and the fact it's my first match like it's my first chance to make a first impression and mm. i don't think there's really like you know when there's just that guy you know that you're gonna have good chemistry with and you're gonna have yeah. a good match with and we're i'd say we're the youngest i think we're the youngest in the block so like he's a supernova. He's like the big thing here. And for me to be going against him in my first match, I think it's it's a great opportunity for me to show everyone who Jack Morris is. Yeah, can't couldn't agree more. I'm absolutely pumped for that match. We've had Kaito on on the podcast once, and he's he's a great guy. And you could tell how passionate he is about pro wrestling. So yeah, I think you're gonna have a killer match. Yeah. Um, before you go, and thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate That's it. What other goals do you have for the remainder of uh, 2022 and beyond? Sky is the limit. Like, I never expected this to happen, and here I am. So I'm just going to focus on being in pro wrestling. No, I focus on the tournament. Uh, I'm here for a bit after the tournament too, so I'm going to focus on that. And then who knows what will happen by the end of the year. Hopefully more exciting things. Um, and, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. we'll see what happens. Well, Matt, uh, I wish you all the best. It's going to be a, a crazy tournament. And uh, yeah, I think you, the world's going to know who you are after this. That's for damn sure. So yeah, um, best of luck, sir. No, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. No, thanks for your time. And there you have it, folks. I think you all agree. Uh, two really engaging and charming individuals, Anthony and Jack, really appreciate their time, respectively. And I think this is going to be big for both men. Anthony already has a bit of a reputation internationally, I suppose, for his work with WWE, he's done bits of AEW, and then more prevalently on the US indie scene. And I think this is, you could see, you could hear the charisma coming off the man. I think he's going to do really big things here, and he's got an ideal platform, particularly with some of the wrestlers in his group. That's going to get some traction in the Japanese media for sure, and certainly internationally as well, so that's very exciting. For Jack... He was a very confident man. That's the impression I got from him. I think this is going to be huge for him. I think this is going to be absolutely massive. He's a bit of a best-kept secret over in the UK, and particularly in the Scottish scene, which 
as we were having our conversation, I kind of mentally likened to the Aussie scene in that it's absolutely jam-packed with great talent. It doesn't necessarily get the same level of coverage that it, it probably should do. So we'll definitely try and divert more of our attention to that scene going forward. And I think Jack as a talisman for that scene in Japan is gonna, it's gonna do big things. So there we go, folks. If you can, I'd encourage you to support both men and follow them on Twitter. You can find Jack is at Jack Morris x17 that's at jack morris x17 and anthony is at alternative underscore ag that's at alternative underscore ag we'll put both of those in the show notes for you as well that's the episode hope you all enjoyed it let us know what you thought we really appreciate your feedback uh, you can hit us up on the socials we're on instagram and twitter at wrestling pod that's wrestling about the e you can find us on gmail wrestlingpod at gmail.com if you want to send us a good old-fashioned email wrestlingpod.com again wrestling about the e that is the place you can find all of the links places to listen if you wanted to share this interview with somebody that you think might like it or if you could rate or leave a review on your podcast platform of choice all the links are there and it's massive it really does help particularly with securing more interviews like this one so if you enjoyed this please do consider leaving a review and really do appreciate it that's it for me g will be back next time but in the meantime stay happy stay safe and enjoy the graphs.